Well, the Lord's good. You know, today's Memorial Day. We really are thankful for people who serve. You know, lots of times when you're out and about, you see guy, old guys with hats on, like the Marines or Navy. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them. Always, lots of times, these are guys who are actually guys who served, uh, you know. So I always uh, ask them, Did you, were you in the Navy? Yeah, thank you. I think it really, really is a blessing to thank people for, for what they've done. So I just encourage you to do that if you, when you're out and about. Another great thing to do if you've got lots of money to spend, <laughs> when you go in restaurants, if police officers are in restaurants, if you see them, pay for their food. Uh, you know, I just love to do that. One time I, went, I was in this restaurant and I paid for some, some police officers' food and and then when I got up to go, they paid for mine. I didn't. <laughs> I said, somebody paid for it. I said, who? They said, you know who. <laughs> the ones that you paid for. So I think those are great things to do, just simple things to be able to bless people that serve us. Amen? Yeah. All right, I'm going to read Acts 1, 1 through 3 right this moment. The day is not the day of Pentecost, right? That was last Sunday. However... Um, in Germany, I found this out. In Germany, they actually get Monday after Pentecost off. It's a vacation day in Germany, like Pentecost Monday. Wow, I thought, wow, that is so cool. I was talking to a friend of mine. He was telling me that. I, didn't, I never knew that because, you know, you don't typically think of Germans as being real, real spiritual. Uh, anyways, Lord help them, right? I'm sure they're sitting over there thinking, we don't typically think of people in the U.S. as being very spiritual. Lord help them. So we're praying for each other this morning. Okay, the former... Well, anyways, let me just say this. The reason I'm giving this message this morning is um, the Lord spoke to me about Pentecost. And He started speaking to me about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Pentecost is not just a day. It's really not. Pentecost really was the birth of the church. So every person who's a Christian is a Pentecostal. Whether they want to be or not, they can't help it. Some of us are more Pentecostal than others, you know, but everybody's Pentecostal because everybody, uh, if you're part of the body of Christ, we came in on Pentecost. And, um, you know, when we think about Pentecostals, I don't know what you think. Some of us, you, you might think of like holy rollers, right? Okay, come on. Speaking in tongues. Uh, there's many pictures that come to people's mind when we think of Pentecostals. Um, and so over the years, I began to distance myself from some of those bad pictures. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody else done something like that? Like, I don't want to really be associated with such things as that. But I'm disclaiming my disclaimers. <laughs> I've, I've, I've said, you know what, Lord? This is who we are. This is who you created us to be. We need to embrace our spiritual identity. Uh, and even though sometimes... It's not beautiful, and sometimes it's messy. Um, it is who we are. You know what I'm saying? And we need to find the good in it. And I know the Lord is raising up some uh, Pentecostal leaders 
that really will change, change the Pentecostal church. I believe they'll lead the Pentecostal church into a new day, into a, a fresh expression of what Pentecost really is. And so I just really feel uh, that we need to really grab hold of who we are spiritually, okay? Because that's where our real power is. Amen? And so I just wanted to, that's why I want to talk to you a little bit. Marlon obviously did an amazing job last week about talking about, you know, Pentecost and the, and the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's a person and how the Holy Spirit engages us. Um, so I want to just share just a little bit this morning about this beautiful, beautiful person that's been given to us and that loves us and, and, and is wooing us. Uh, so I'm going to read Acts 1, the first two or three verses right here. It says, The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, just, just in case you don't know it, the, God, the person who wrote the Gospel of Luke, Luke, <laughs> the beloved physician, wrote the book of Acts. And so that's what he was talking about. The former account is the Gospel of Luke. I don't know if you all knew that or not, but just in case, assume nothing. So what he's doing is a continuation of the Gospels. That's what, that's what the book of Acts really is. It's a continuation of the Gospels. But there was a shift because he said all that Jesus began. Everybody say began. It's, it was the beginning of what he did. The Gospels was the beginning of what Jesus did, but Jesus didn't stop doing. He just shifted his means of doing. He shifted his means from himself doing it to a body of people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit doing it. Okay? And when the book of Acts came to an end, that was not the end of the book of Acts. There's, we're writing the book of Acts. We've been writing the book of Acts since, since Acts 28. I don't know what, you know, chapter we're in now, but we're in a chapter of Acts that I believe is absolutely recorded in heaven. The Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Church, the Acts of the Body of Christ, the Acts of, of the people of God. And so when we begin to think about it like that, and we begin to look at this thing, that this is our DNA, this is our foundation... Okay, this is, this is what God's called us to be. This is what God's called us to do. You know, it's, this, is, this is the reality of what we've signed up for when we stepped in and said we want Christ to be our Lord. We want Christ to be our Savior. We stepped into something, not just, uh, you know, some people would say, not, we're not just going to heaven. Okay, we're on the way to heaven. But in the meantime, we're creating something on this earth. We're, we're fulfilling something that Jesus really wants us to fulfill. We're fulfilling His mission. We're, we're the people. We're it. We're His hands and feet, His eyes and ears. And so when we begin to see this and begin to see that we're carrying something that's really amazing, it'll begin to help us see life different and think different about what we're doing on this earth. And that's why we have the book of Acts. The book of Acts is like a foundational Book. It's like the DNA of the church. It's like the, the blueprint of the foundation for how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to carry this ministry on. It's going to look different in different, different ages and different situations. It'll look different, okay, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Are y'all following this? So what we're trying to do is encourage people and help you get a vision beyond what you have in your life, a greater vision, and, 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 and stand in a higher place than where you've been standing, okay? To stand in a higher place.
um, if you look at the book of Acts, if you think about the whole book, I, I love it. I, I don't know how y'all read the Bible, but I like, I like to start and read through like the New Testament and Old Testament. And I love reading the Gospels. And I'm always sort of sad when I get, uh, I love the Gospels. You know, I love to read them. But then I go into Acts, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing a continuation. I'm seeing something that's carrying me through. And then I get over into the letters, which are more or less explanations of everything that I read in those first five books of the New Testament. That's what they do, is they go back and begin to explain. This is, this is what this really means. This is what's behind this. And so when you begin to look at the Bible like that and think about it, it's a very brilliant book. It's a very, an amazing book put together very well by the Holy Spirit, by, even though many people wrote it and many people had uh, uh, something to do with it. In every book, of the, uh, every chapter in the book of Acts, there's really something supernatural that happens. Isn't that amazing? And so God's really called us to be supernatural people. He's called us to live a supernatural life in this natural world and to bring the supernatural into this world. You know, day in it, not just at church or not just when we're trying to do some so-called ministry. Every day of our life should be lived from a supernatural perspective. Um, and, you know, I think it's obvious the thing that, that, that's most remarkable about the book of Acts is the power of the Holy Spirit, right? When you think about the book of Acts, that's what we think about. We think about this powerful, powerful person of the Spirit coming down and, and empowering everybody, in verse 2 it says, until the day that he was taken up, he began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he, listen to this, after he, being Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. See, that's how Jesus functioned. Now, all this is significant. Had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In other words, for 40 days after Jesus uh, was resurrected, that's what he did. For 40 days, he spent time talking to these people about the kingdom and about, what he's, about them taking his mission and moving forward with it. Amen? That's, that's what, that was the conversation. That was what it was all about. And that's what he was trying to do is get them to get this vision, get this dream in their heart about why they're on this earth. Okay, and that's what God wants us to get a dream in our heart about why we're on this earth. We're on this earth for something greater than what we've ever realized. And I believe when we all get to heaven, what suddenly the reality is going to come crashing down upon us that we were here for something really amazing. And so, but I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to find that out. I want I want to know now. You know, I want, I want to be clued in today because I want to live my life the way God designed it to be lived. You know, don't you? Don't you want to do with your life what God wants you to do? Don't you want to live a life that's full of purpose and full of hope and full of life and not just live the way the world lives and, and live outside of that but yet live amongst that? I mean, that's, that's what's in our heart. That's what pulls us. Are y'all following me this morning? All right, let me read in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Everybody said the promise. The promise of the Father. You know, I think we've said this a million times, but there's 7,000 and something promises in the Bible, literally. Over 7,000 promises. A lot of promises, right? But there's only one promise, the promise. There's only one the promise of the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit. Right away, Jesus was putting some... 
emphasis, importance on this, on this person of the Holy Spirit right away. So then he goes on. I'm going to read the rest of this a little bit here. Which he has said you'd heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You'll be immersed into the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times nor or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But listen, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's what was important to Jesus. Let me say, that was what was important to Jesus. It wasn't what's going to happen in the future. It was what's going to happen to you when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life. That's what Jesus would say. That's what's important to me. That's what I really want you to know. I don't really, listen, you can think about the future all you want to, but really what you need to think about is the Holy Spirit coming on you and being empowered in your life. That's what's important to Christ. That's what, that's what He desires for us to want, to desire, to embrace. It really is. Yeah. And then, you know, you will be a witness to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Let me ask this question. This is a great thought. I think it is. I've thought about it a lot. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes. This is like they didn't, the day of Pentecost hasn't happened. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming. Okay, so in their mind, they're trying to envision, what is this going to look like? Right? I mean, obviously, everybody... So I'm trying to think, okay, if I were in their shoes, this is how I would envision it. Oh, I saw the Spirit of God come on Jesus when He was baptized. Remember that? How He came out of heaven as a dove. Remember that? And He rested on Jesus. So I'm thinking, oh, that's what he's talking about. This experience he had that day at the Jordan, we're going to have in a few days. The Holy Spirit's going to, heavens are going to open, and the Holy Spirit's going to come down on us just like he did on Jesus. Right? I don't imagine they were thinking like, oh, the Holy Ghost is coming. And we are going to be so overcome by the Holy Ghost that people are going to think we have been drinking all night. Do you think any of those guys were really thinking that? Okay, no, they, I, I can't imagine they would think that. Because it was so, out, in fact, it was so outside their realm. And if they were very biblical, okay, if they really knew anything about the Bible, they would say, well, we don't really see this in the Bible. Not really that there's going to be this kind of activity when the Holy Spirit comes. All this wild stuff. All this crazy stuff. All this insane stuff. So there they were, believing that the Holy Spirit was more than likely, oh, the dove is going to be awesome. You know, you know, hopefully he don't make us go out in the wilderness. You know, Jesus has already done that. It's just going to be a cool time at church. It's going to be restful at church. We can bring our mom and daddy to church. It will not offend them, and they will not want to talk to us later about the church. Like, this church is not a good church. There's something bad in that church. So we're good. You know, bring mom and dad that day when the Holy Spirit comes. And I'm here, Jesus, yeah, bring them. We need to get mom and daddy in there because they got a generation of people they need to get to. 
So that's, that's what I... And aren't we glad when the Holy Spirit showed up like a daggone maniac, tongues of fire, everybody was out of control. Aren't we glad they, they didn't get all pious and say, Oh, well, oh, well, that is not biblical, Holy Spirit. Uh, you didn't, you're supposed to be like a dove. Aren't we glad they didn't do that? Aren't we glad they just said, When? They were in. It was the Holy Ghost. We'll figure this out theologically later. And then Peter gets up to try to explain it to everybody. He starts using verses out of Joel that have nothing, zero, to do with what's happening at that moment. Yet he's explaining what's happening at that moment from verses like, what? No one, dude, go back to fishing. You're not that good at this theological stuff. You're not that good at this explaining stuff. I'm just kidding there. It really was. It just, what, what it was written, what Joel said, this is that. And what was happening, just, what is? It didn't look the same. It really didn't. It didn't look the same. It didn't match up. And so, we have to allow God to do something in our lives. We really do. We really do. So, whoo, mercy, Lord. Y'all all right? So let me just tell you these things here, okay? Like three reasons. This is my three reasons the Holy Spirit was given. It's, all this is obvious. Um, one was to know the Lord. I, I think it's the most important. Marlon brought that out last week. Uh, we can't know God without the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus taught him for 40 days. You know, but he said, there's something else you need besides my teaching, which is crazy when you think about it. But we can't understand his teaching without the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit was going to come, and, and he said, you're going to know me because you're going to be a witness to me. You're going you're gonna to have this thing, okay? So there's going to be this relational thing that's going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? So that's, that's the, the thing that, that he does, now, I think this, I believe this. You know that old thing about we don't need to know about God, we need to know the Lord. Y'all know that, that, that saying? So, and I've probably said that before, but I, let me just say, I want to know about God. I, I'm hungry to know about God. I desire to, I mean, anything that somebody can tell me about God that I don't know, I'm interested in it. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about God. I want to know about God. This is, I have this beautiful verse at this, that my prayer, Exodus thirty three thirteen. This is Moses. He said, I pray if I have found grace in your, your sight, show me your way that I might know you and that I may find grace in your sight. That's knowing about God. Show me your way. Show me how you operate. Show me how you function. I want to know that. I want to know that. And one of the ways that God does that is through the Scriptures, right? Y'all? The Bible is important. The Bible teaches us about God's ways. God wants us to know about His ways. He really does. So we always, and, and there's other ways He teaches us about His ways, obviously, in, in our lives and through other people where he's trying to reveal his ways. Um, 
But the beautiful thing is, is we have a greater need than just that. That's a, that's a need in us. I want to encourage you in that. Don't go, don't buy into that thing where you're just kicking out, I don't want to know about God. Well, I'm thinking, well, I do, dog it. Y'all can kick it out, but I'm going to find out about God. You know, I'm going to find out about it as much as I can. But there's something else more that God wants for us, and that is that God really does want us to have this encounter with Him. Okay, that where we don't just know about him, that we begin to know him. And that was the beautiful thing about Moses' prayer. He, he just didn't stop at, I want to know your ways. I want you to show me about how you flow and how you function and what you do. That's so cool. But Lord, he said in verse 18, Exodus 3, and he said, please show me your glory. In other words, I want an encounter with you, Lord. I, I don't want to just know about it from afar or hear somebody else's world. I want to personally encounter this you and so that's that's our biggest need in our life is to have an encounter with God and to be able to experience him not for the sake of having this beautiful spiritual experience that's lovely okay but the for the fact to to get to know God and begin to know him and have a relationship with him are y'all following this because you only get to know a person when you encounter that person. And when you begin to be around that person. And you have experiences with that person. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's his biggest job in our life. I believe that's, I believe that's his number one job. Is trying to get us to have that and bringing that into our life. And revealing the love of God to us. And, and all those things that, that we care about. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's really what he's always going to do for the rest of your life. He's going to be wooing you and pushing that on you. Are y'all following this? Well, I think this is interesting. And I wanted to go back to that, the promise of the Father thing about all the promises, 7,000 promises, the promise. That's the way we get all the other promises fulfilled. Once we get this one, the promise, that leads to the fulfillment of other promises. Are y'all following that? So we, we have all these personal promises from God. The only way they're going to ever happen in our life is through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Everybody has a dream. Everybody has things they feel like God's shown them. But God's ha- God has one way to fulfill those dreams. It's the promise of the Father. And he's going. And what Peter was saying or uh, Luke was saying is, is you're going to be immersed into this promise, this realm of promise. Isn't that powerful when you think about that? You're going to be immersed into a realm of promise where life is promising. That's what life in the Spirit is. It's a promising life. It's not a disappointing life. It's not a discouraging life. It's not a future that we're not sure about, but it's a life of promise. You know? You know, when you have a young person that's smart or got some talent, you're just like, man, this, this is promising. These, they have a potential in them. They, have a, they seem to have a really good future ahead of them. Well, that's the way it is with us. We have a life of promise, and, that, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to have. And he wants us to live out of that, to be able to really overcome all the negatives that we have in this world. Are y'all following this? I hope it gives you, and then, of course, the other thing is the, the resurrection power. <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's what he was talking about. You're going to receive power. You're going to get the same power that brought Jesus alive. The same power that brought Jesus up out of the grave. God, Jesus was saying, that same power I'm giving to you. 
It's going to be in you. It's going to live in you. Are we acting that way these days? Are we living that way, I wonder? You know, the Satan's greatest trick is this. Oh, you need to celebrate Easter. You need to celebrate the resurrection. Oh, and please celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, church. Please do that. Please celebrate these things. But please never enter into the power of it. That's a, that's a trick of Satan. Oh, we can celebrate all this stuff and give you know, great words and great thoughts towards it, but never enter into the power. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Why celebrate something and not really embrace that something and live in that something? Ooh, I don't know if I'm talking to the right people this morning. Y'all supposed to be Pentecostals, right? Okay. See, the Holy Spirit's going to make Christ alive to you. Okay, now I said all that to share this one little thing here. This is sort of what I want to talk to you about, really. Ooh, y'all okay? I'm hot. (laughs) All right, so isn't it interesting that different seasons in your life, God can reveal something to you, and it has meaning in that season. It's very meaningful to you in that season. And then the seasons shift. And some of the things that God revealed to you in that prior season don't seem to shift with you. You know what I'm talking about? It's just the way God, it's the way it is. That doesn't need to shift with you. Let it go. You know, move on. That's not meaningful for this season. But there are some things, right? There are some things that are seasonless. They, They are every season. They're all weather. No matter where you are, they seem to follow you and around. Do y'all have something, some things like that? You know, things that God has shown you, maybe God revealed to you, that seem to follow you from every season. You're kind of like, oh, that's still back there. That's still. But then when you go into a different season, you start seeing those things differently. Are y'all following this? All of a sudden, you see a truth in it you didn't see before. All of a sudden, you see a different interpretation of it. It's, it's developed in you. It's grown in you. It's been through the fire with you. You see, a lot of times what we don't know is we go through fires in our life. We go through difficulties. We go through trials. And all that we carry go through those fires with us. You know, and those things will either come out the other end much better or they won't come out. They'd be just burned up. And they burned up, good. They should have burned up. go. I don't need to wait. <laughs> but there are some things that God keeps bringing along with you. And then God will start reminding you of them and start thinking. You'll start, it'll start getting in your mind again. And, but you all of a sudden you'll think about it different than you did. So I've got a few things like that in my life. Obviously I do or I would have never said all that. Right? <laughs> but I'm really trying to encourage you what you got, what you carry. Because everybody in this room, you're carrying something. But one of the things that happened to me a few, several years ago now. Gosh, it only seems like a few, but you know how, what happens. The more years you have, the more pressed together they seem. Like, oh, that was yesterday. You know, 2009 was just yesterday. No, it wasn't just yesterday. You know, a, a child that was born in 2009 is nine years old now. That's crazy to me. So I had this powerful, supernatural, I want to put the word supernatural on it, uh, dream. Because, you know, uh, how many people does God speak to you in dreams? Raise your hand. That's cool. Because all the old guys should be. Because you've got biblical precedent. Like, ah, Bible says old men dream dreams. I'm in, Lord. Come on. You can keep reminding. If you're you're an old guy, you know, 25 or over. (laughs) 
you can tell the Lord, hey, the Bible says this. This must happen to me. It's my inheritance. Well, the Lord spoke, has spoken to me through dreams for a lot of my life, really, pretty much all my life. I didn't know it for a long time. There are dreams, you know, pizza dreams, right? Or, or you know, you don't have, you, you know, God will teach you. If you're, if you are, if you'll pay attention, God will teach you. God will teach you about dreams if you ask him. And he'll help you to understand what's a dream from him and what's, you know, a Leno dream, right? A Leno pizza. <laughs> and then, then, then there's other, these other dreams I have. They're not pizza dreams. They're not God. They're training. Oh, I call them training films. You know, they're training me like, oh, I need to go through that dream. But that dream means nothing. God just wanted to train me to learn how to discern and try to interpret and how to apply things. So that, that's sort of how, how I live. But I have a very, you know, God speaks to me power like all my life, like I say, but it's only when I begin to know the Lord and understand God that I begin to see that the dreams were just a way that God chose to speak to me. And so I've, I've received that into my life. And so I want to encourage you, you know, whether it be dreams or visions or you hear things audibly, I mean, God will use all of that, but there's most of us have areas where we know because you know, especially that thing of dreams. It's so biblical how God spoke to so many people in the Bible through dreams. So many people. I mean, some of the greatest decisions that a parent ever made came through dreams in the Bible. It was Joseph. How he made decisions about, about Jesus as, a, as an infant. All, and even how he made a decision about the woman he was going to marry or not marry. All came through a dream. Isn't that amazing? Another thing that amazes I'm just throwing this in, in for you. i got to hurry up, though. Are y'all okay? Yeah. Another thing that amazes me is the wisdom that Solomon got came from a dream. It, it was in a dream that the Lord came to him. Boy, when you start, okay, I'm in. You know, bring some wisdom, Lord. Give you a hint. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom when you sleep. You got problems? Naturally, God's created us for our subconscious to work on problems while we sleep. That's cool. But I want something more than natural subconscious working on my problems. Have you ever heard the terms, I'm going to sleep on it? Well, that's a true term. You can sleep and wake up with a better answer. Oh, yeah, I know how to do that. But if you ask the Lord for wisdom, the Bible says he'll give it to you. And you can get it while you sleep, meaning it's easy. Right? And you wake up with wisdom from heaven flowing in your heart, in your mind, and you can solve things. I can remember, I want to just tell you this. I don't want to get on this too much. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I can remember when I was in the engineer world and having, oh gosh, like this is impossible, an impossible problem. I need, I can't, I'm not smart enough, and I don't know anybody that's smart enough to make this work the way it's supposed to. Have, I've had dreams, and God would speak to me in the dream. And I'd wake up like, oh, that's easy. I got this. But it was God who released it to me. And I can remember times uh, thinking about it and talking to myself out loud about it and, and, and hearing the solution and then remembering, oh, I've dreamed that last night. Isn't that amazing? God, God is like that. Give God your, you know, we spend, what, a third of our life sleeping, Normally, you wish, <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. 
ask God to take, let's don't waste that, that we wish third of a life, <laughs> however it might be, a fourth. Ask, let God work in your life during those times. Give him, give him permission to work. Ask him to work. Invite him into your sleep, and he, he will jump in there with you. Uh, anyways, gosh, I've said all that. Lord, help. Help me, please. <laughs> anyways, I had this dream about this man named Claudio Friedson. Anybody know who Claudio is? He's an Argentine man. This is years ago. Years ago. And um, that dream just was, it was God. It was like dripping with God. Okay? Now, I don't know the guy. I've never met him. I heard him one time in person speak, you know, back in, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago. Uh, but, but what happened in, in Argentina in the early 80s, there was a, another man named Carlos Andaconda who was a businessman turned evangelist who God used to ignite a revival in that nation. And Carlos was an evangelist kind of guy who would speak in large stadiums and had, you know, it was a, he had a lot of miraculous ministry um, that was in his, a lot of deliverances from demons and salvations. It was amazing, amazing thing that Carlos did. Well, you know, that went on for several years, but in the 90s, this man, uh, Claudio Friedson, who was a pastor, okay, he was a, he was a pastor of a church in Buenos Aires, and God began to move on Claudio. And um, I just very, I don't know why, when I first found out about this guy, I was very attracted to this guy. You know, something about him, just I felt drawn to him. In some ways, I felt like I could relate to him because he was a pastor and he had suffered in being a pastor. Like all pastors do, struggled, you know, just the normal stuff that every pastor struggles with. He really carries, a, I felt when I would listen to him, I felt like that guy really carries a shepherd and anointing on him. He's a true shepherd. And so, so the thing, the revival sort of shifted, not completely away from the big events, but it sort of shifted towards Claudia. He started he started to emerge as a prominent figure in this revival. So it kind of shifted away from the, the, the evangelist to the pastor, which, Lord, glory, Lord, right? If you're a pastor, if you're an evangelist, like, what? <laughs> Come on, Lord, stick with us, us evangelists. <laughs> so um, in this dream, I saw Claudio. The, the, the dream is I saw him. And Claudio was standing in the dream, but he was standing on higher ground than where I was at. Okay? And I knew that I could go to where he was at. I knew that. And in fact, I knew he was there beckoning me to come to where he was at. The place he was standing was not impossible to get to. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, nobody could go there. You had to be super special to go there. Anybody could go there. Anybody could go there. But the key is, you had to want to go there. Because it wasn't convenient to go there. It wasn't super hard, but it wasn't super easy. I mean, in other words, you were going to have to make some choices and decisions that you were where you were at and where he was at were different places, and you wanted to be where he was at. So you were going to have to be intentional to go there. I knew all, somehow I knew all that in the dream. 
and, went, and I went there. And once you got there, though, here's the key. It was not easy to stay there. Where he was standing was not an easy place to stand. You needed wisdom to be able to stand there. Because you, it was just the way it was. it was. It was kind of a... When I say treacherous, I'm not talking about dangerous in a physical sense, but it was not, a, an, it was not for the faint of heart to be there. And that's, that's the way it felt to me. Like, and I realized this guy has stood the test of time. This guy has stood here in this higher place. And God has given him wisdom how to stand in this place. And I felt like this, what the Lord was telling me, I want, you to, I want you to have this wisdom. I want you to have this ability. And so Claudio told me two things. He told me this. He said, he said for, if, the church, if the church wants to be here where it's supposed to be, meaning this place is a place in the Spirit, if the church wants to be here, it needs to build right. It needs, to, it me, it needs to, to do the right things to be there. Otherwise, it won't be able to stay here. It'll, it'll get ruined. It'll be messed up. That's what he was telling me. And he told me there was two things that you need. That's what he told me. He said, there's two things you need to do, okay, to be able to, to, be, able to be here, okay, because I had the desire to be there. So that, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a point of, like, Byron, you need to get some hunger from, for the Lord on you. You need to get a desire for something bigger than what you're doing and, something, and to see something greater and be a part of something greater. I had all that. I still have all that. So it wasn't getting there. It was, if you're going to get here and if you're going to stay here, this is what you're going to need to do. Because he was saying, it's very difficult to stay here. And the, and the first thing he told me is, for you, for you to stay here, you gotta, you got to tap into your, your remembrance. So what did y'all mean? That sounds like, really? That's how you do this? Wow. That's amazing. Think about remembrance. Do this in remembrance. God has done things in our life. God has revealed things in our life that we've forgotten. A lot of people have let go of things. Have you ever been in an amazing place with the Lord? And then all of a sudden you weren't in an amazing place with the Lord? What happens a lot of times with the stuff that God revealed to you at that amazing place? What do you do with it? Seriously, what, here's what most people do with it. They chunk it. And that's why you can't stay in that place. See, see Carlos, has not, everything's not amazing in his life. He's not always in this great move of the Spirit. He lives in a fallen body, around fallen people, around hurting people, disappointments, betrayal, all of it. Failure. He's got failure in his life just like you and I do. He does things believing they're God and somehow it doesn't work out. That's what he was telling me. You're no different than me. That's what he said to me. You're no different than me. It's like what Bob Jones said to me. He said, Byron, the only difference between me and you is I've been doing this for 40 years and you haven't. That's the only difference. It's 40 years of doing something. It's crazy, isn't it? And so he is saying, what you've got to do is you've got to remember 
what the Lord's done for you. You've got to remember the revelations that God's given you and the things that God... And so when you're in that place where you feel like you can't stand no more, you go back to those things. And you begin to tap into those things again because those things, if they were from the Lord, they were true in your life and they were real in your life. There may not be any feelings on them. They may not be nothing on them. And all your circumstances in life may speak against them. But if they're from God, they're real. If they're from God, they're true. And that's really, really, that was the first thing he told me. That was beautiful, wasn't it? That's kind of simple, really. And the other thing was the most profound thing ever. This is what he said. And Byron, you need to get to know the Holy Spirit. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Because what he said, when that revival, he didn't say this, but this is what I know. When that revival started, he said, pastors in Buenos Aires, like pastors everywhere in the entire world, are looking for methods for their church to grow or for their for to have successful this or to have a good ministry or, you know, reach people or whatever. And he said, methods are not going to get it. What you, methods is not what is not God's way. What you need is the Holy Spirit. That's God's answer for the church. The answer for the church, Byron, is the Holy Spirit. And that's what you need to get to know Him on a very personal level. In real way. What does that mean? Does that mean, oh, the gifts of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit or manifestation of the Spirit? It doesn't, doesn't exclude any of that. It includes all that. But it's a relationship thing where you begin to discern this person, where you begin to know that there's this invisible person in your life. Um, ooh, Lord help You've got to have wisdom to stay there. I wanted to, never mind. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just in bad shape here. <laughs> what I wanted to say is, how do you know if you're getting to know the Holy Spirit? It really is. There's got to be some kind of way of like, okay, how do I know I'm getting to know the Holy Spirit? You know, because if you are really a holy roller Pentecostal, you would might think the way I get to know the Holy Spirit is I can roll from one end to the front to the to the next uninterrupted. That would be the way I would know. I'm. I don't know if that's true because <laughs> I've never been a holy roller in that sense. But I have been a man. I've had a lot of manifestations in my life that I would be very embarrassed if somebody filmed them and showed them. You know, but when the Holy Spirit's on you, you don't give a rip. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> if I've got slobber running down my face because God is touching me so greatly, I don't care if people, I don't care what it looks like, but if I ain't in that mode, I'm like, ooh, help him, Lord. <laughs> God deliver. God's delivering that boy. I knew what he had demons. <laughs> no, it's really simple. It's really simple what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, how we know if we get anointed. It's, it's, it's two things. Jesus said this, the Holy Spirit will take a mind and give it to you. So here's how you know. If you're getting to know Jesus more, you're getting to know the Holy Spirit more. I, that's really the truth. That's really, it's that. Because the Holy Spirit is always going to push us towards Him and point us towards Him. And then you know what Jesus said? This is crazy. All this is too simple, Right? I'm giving you the, this is the simple truth. 
Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So those are the two things, the two most important things about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you are starting to really know this person of the Holy Spirit, you're going to start knowing the person of Christ more. And when you begin to know the person of Christ more, you're going to be knowing the Father more. I had this one year in my life where I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Byron, this is the year for you to know Jesus Christ. Okay? I think that was the year like 2011 or something. And so I read all these books about Jesus. I read piles of books, and all from all different, uh, you know, streams of the church, you know, just not just the spirit field, but I read the evangel. I mean, just mental books, you know, you know, mental people who had some good stuff in there that God used their great intellect. Read all these books all year. And then one day, I mean, it was like, okay, I'm really liking this Jesus more. I'm really finding out a lot about Jesus. And then one day I had this thing come on me in the car, driving down the road, so powerfully. It was right up here on 150. I had to pull into the Belks parking lot because I was overcome, not by the, it was by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was revealing himself to me and loving me and, in, and just, just showing Holy Spirit to me. That's what he was doing. He was revealing himself as a person. As a, and I'm thinking, I thought this was about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. Any encounter you have with the Holy Spirit is about the Lord himself. Amen. And so God is really calling us to a higher place. He's really calling us to a higher place. That's what I wanted to say. And I wanted to also tell Jim thanks for Argentina. I got to go to Argentina for years, and I realized I got so much out of that, out of that culture and out of what God is done down there. It was just a blessing in my life. And, you know, I wanted to say that, Jim. I really appreciate, you know, you, because you opened the door for me to go and invited me to go. And I've got people down there that I consider to be dear friends that I love and care about. It was just an amazing opportunity in my life to get to do that. Just go and be there and get impartation from that nation and impartation of what God has done in that nation through those people. It's just beautiful. And so I'm going to stop. And, but I wanted to tell you this is don't waste. Don't waste this. You know, don't waste this. Because I feel like a lot of times we're wasting. We're pining away for something or we're distracted by something or we're going off on something. And what? And the very thing that God has for you is right there in front of you. You know? And it's right in our face sometimes and we don't even know it. It's right around us every day and we don't really get it. You know? And so just don't waste don't waste the people God's put in your life. Don't waste them. Because God put them there for you, to love you, to help you. Don't waste them. Don't, don't spend your life being critical of them or rejecting them or, or trying to find another people. You know, because this people ain't good enough. Don't, don't waste it. I'm telling you, don't waste it.
Because you, you realize you realize at some point this is this is the very heart of God right here, right around me. And I'm I'm looking all around for it, and I'm looking in the wrong place, and it's like hidden right in front of my face. You know, and when God gives you opportunities and you feel like it's a God opportunity, you, you, you're supposed to do it, do it. You won't regret it. It's, it's worth your effort. It's worth your time. It's just worth it. No matter what the opportunity is, just do it. And, you know, I just want to say that God has, has chosen. Jesus says, this is what he said in John 15, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you to be on, be with me, to be on my team. You know, like, you know, kids playing sports. You ever been one of those kids that didn't get chosen for certain sports because you weren't no good? You know how humiliating that is not to get chosen or always be chosen last? You know, when I was a kid, I was really a fast runner. I could fly. I wish I still could. So I was getting chosen for all kinds of sports because I could outrun everybody. You know, but I know that feeling of not being chosen. I'm feeling like you've got to do something like, oh, I've got to be something special to stand where Claudio's standing. No, the Lord's chosen you to stand there already. That's what he said. I chose you. But here's the key. Are we going to accept the choosing? Are we going to say, yeah. Like It's like getting a job offer. You've got a job offer. Here's the job. You want the job? Nah. No, I don't, I don't really want to do that, Lord. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are missing, you're missing, you're missing something because you feel like you've got to earn it. You've got to strive for it. That's a lie. You don't. You've been chosen for it. Your job is to say yes. Your job is to go torch it because you know he's chosen you. You don't have to be somebody special. You don't have to feel like you're excluded. You have to just know, I've been chosen. I've been chosen. I have a right to go and stand in that place. I have a right to go stand there. Even though Claudia Friesman was a much greater person in the Lord than I'll ever be and all that stuff, I still have a right because the Lord says, I chose you. I chose you. Come on up here. Jesus, in I think Mark, Mark 5, it says he called his disciples. Is it Mark 5? Maybe Mark 4, one of those two. He says he called those whom he wanted to himself. He called them that he wanted to himself. And then it says he sent them out with power. That's where the power comes. You, you come to him, and from there you, he sends you out. But you had to come when he calls you. It says he went up on a mountain and did that. That's amazing to me. He went up on a mountain. That's when he assigned you know, the 12 their official duties. But he went up on a mountain and it says he called them whom he wanted. And I'm going to tell you something. The Lord wants you. He wants you. He's chosen you. And all he's asking you to do is go to where he's at. Okay? That's all he's asking. He's asking no more of that. But when you get there, he's there. And that's when things can shift in your life. Amen? Amen. So let's just stand up a moment. And Corey will come over here. I'm going to pray for you right quick. Did anybody get anything out of that message? I hope you did. Lord help, right? Gosh, please. Woo, yeah, Seth got married yesterday, and it didn't rain. All right. Oh, Ronna's going to have a word. So 
let me pray, and then you give your word, okay? I just want to just pray uh, so I can be feeling like I finished what I was supposed to do. I got to do this. Lord, I'm thinking this morning there's people in this room that need to get involved in the kingdom. That's what I feel. And I'm thinking there's people like me, that have been like me in my life where I didn't feel like I deserved it or I feel like I just couldn't or I didn't measure up or I compared myself. And it always just kept me out, Lord. And I just want those people to know that's not the truth. The Lord says you do measure up. And you do deserve it. You deserve it and you measure up. And God wants you involved in his kingdom. And God wants to use you to do powerful things. And so God's inviting you to come stand with him. To come to where he's at. That's, that's the invitation. So you just all you need to say to the Lord in your heart is, Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Just show me, Lord, what yes means. Just, but I'm saying yes to you, Lord. What it looks like, that'll be worked out. But right now, I'm just going where you're at. I'm saying yes to you. I'm going to go stand in that place. It's a little tricky, a little inconvenient, a little difficult. And I'm going to need some wisdom if I'm going to stay there. But your wisdom, Lord, your wisdom. And you'll hold on to me there, Lord. You'll send your spirit on me, Lord. So just just give the Lord your yes this morning. There's some of you in this room, you gave the Lord your yes, and, but then you, you got disappointed and discouraged. And the Lord wants you to remember. And the Lord wants you to reconnect with Him through the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Come on, Rhonda. So I pray that would happen for you. Well, as the ministry team comes up, um, the Lord was showing me this morning as we were finishing praying um, the chisel. And that he was really going to come down on us and break things off the hammer of his word. He really wanted to break those hard places off of us and those wounded places off of us and the places where we've kind of put a shell around ourselves to protect ourselves. When we Sometimes when you've really felt a call on the Lord and you've, you've fallen in that place and you've not walked it out, we shell ourselves in because we felt like we failed the Lord, so therefore we're not... Um, able really to walk that out and that really these women and men that are up here praying are really here just so you can come up and get that aid from the Lord and just that help and the Lord really does want us to respond to him today just so he can break that stuff off of us because believe me it gets on every one of us at one time or another in our life and so I just want to invite you guys to come up here and really let the Lord take the the chisel and the word that Byron brought forth today and break those things off amen that was really good what she said. She said the Lord wanted you to respond. I believe what Rhonda said was the truth. So why don't you come on up here? Come on, y'all come up here. If you want to respond to the Lord, just come up here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if anybody lays hands on you. It'd be good if somebody did, but I, I really encourage you to respond to the Lord this morning. Okay? And respond with your yes to him. Saying, I'm just saying yes to you, Lord. And let go of the all the other stuff. Just let go of it and let Jesus do what only Jesus can do in your life. 
Jesus wants to do something in your hearts this morning. And He's opened the door for you. And you may have responded 99.99 times. This could be it. So there's invitation to take a step forward today, if that's for you. This may be silly, but I can't help thinking about Oprah. You know, when she gives away cars, she's like, you get a car, you get a car. Like, you have some Holy Spirit. You have some. Everybody have some today. Whatever it is that you need, it's up here for you. Whatever it is that you need to step forward, come have some. Come up and have some of it. If it's breaking loose of something, come on up. If it's just declaring, Lord, I don't know you, but I do today, come on up. If you need some Holy Spirit and you don't feel like you know the Holy Spirit, come on up. But there's invitation for all of that today. So thank you, Lord. Lord, my God. And if you are done, love you, we bless you. Take care and be safe when you go from this place. But take some of that Holy Spirit with you when you go. I see the stars.